other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, later today, the Speaker of the New York City Council, Adrian Adams, a Queens Democrat, is going to be holding her State of the City address in the Bronx at the Justice Sonia Sotomayor Houses and Community Center. And I have to tell you, I have a big problem with this. Now, I don't care that she's going to the Bronx or speaking at this particular location. Good for her. I think it's good for citywide officials to pay attention to the outer boroughs to make sure that uh, city government is not too Manhattan-centric. That's fine. My problem is not unique to Speaker Adams, but this went on with Speaker Corey Johnson, Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito, Speaker Christine Quinn, Speaker Gifford Miller, and I think it began under Peter Vallone. Why does the Speaker of the City Council give a State of the City address? This is crazy. This would be like Kevin McCarthy giving a State of the Union address. No. If the Speaker of the City Council wants to give a rebuttal to the Mayor's State of the City address, that's fine. But since when does the legislative leader of a city, a state, a country get to call their speech a State of the City address? And why stop at the Speaker? Why wouldn't the minority leader, Joe Borelli, uh, give a state of the city address of his own. Why wouldn't we all give a state of the city address? I think this is just so dumb and I am just bewildered at how this has continued for speaker after speaker, administration after administration for over two decades. Now, I don't imagine I'll ever become the speaker of the New York City Council, but hey, you never know. If I am ever speaker of the city council, this practice would end. We would just simply call it a response to the mayor's state of the city address. And I'm always a that nobody except me ever talks about this. The tradition of the New York City Council speaker giving a State of the City address needs to end. This is something that I believe exists only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Does anybody in city government in Newark know how to use Google? Probably not. There was a story from a website called Tap Into Newark, which is one of these hyper-local news sites. And thank goodness sites like this are there because local media in all its forms is pretty tough to come by these days. Well, anyway, they reported in January the city of Newark, New Jersey, was duped into signing a sister city cultural trade deal with the United States of Kailasa, K-A-I-L-A-S. Hey, have you ever heard of the United States of Kailasa? Well, don't feel bad if you haven't, because I've never heard of it either. You're not alone. It's apparently a fake nation dreamed up by an Indian guru and cult leader named Nithyanada, a fugitive 
who's wanted over allegations of kidnapping and sexual assault. The question is, how does the city of Newark do this? How does the Newark mayor, Ross Baraka, who has occasionally been mentioned as a potential candidate for governor, actually go forward with this? If he actually wants to run for governor, the fact that they couldn't bother to do a simple Google search before entering into a sister city agreement with a country that doesn't even exist looks pretty bad. It's certainly embarrassing. This is how the United United States of Kalisa characterized the Newark sister city agreement. Quote, the United States of America signs bilateral agreement with the United States of Kalesa. Thank you very much, Newark, New Jersey. The other thing worth noting, and Politico New Jersey's Matt Friedman mentioned this as well. How did the New Jersey media miss this as well? Tap into Newark noticed it after numerous English language Indian outlets reported on it. But if a major New Jersey newspaper had a reporter dedicated to covering government in New Jersey, especially in New Jersey's largest city, one would think that they would have had the story first. To me, just like the George Santos situation, this underscores the need for greater investment in local media. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. How often have you heard from political analysts and those that do the autopsies of elections that the Republicans better be careful because their base is an endangered species? Old white men and their voters are dying off and pretty soon there's going to be no more of them. Well, some interesting data came out this week as covered by the New York Times. You want to know what the future of the Republican Party is, at least potentially, and at least in the city and state of New York? The Asian community. That's right. In last year's governor's election, voters in Asian neighborhoods across New York City sharply increased their support for Republicans. Though these areas remain blue overall, they shifted to the right by 23 percentage points compared with 2018 after more than a decade of reliably backing Democrats. This was the largest electoral shift in Asian neighborhoods in the period from 2006 to 2022, which is the longest available span of election results by precincts, according to the New York Times analysis. The key to the red wave in New York City was the Asian community. Curtis Sliwa won a lot of Asian communities that are represented by Democrats in the state assembly when he ran for mayor as well. And I think that the Republicans, when they're picking candidates for statewide office and citywide office in the next couple of years, they'd be well advised to keep this in mind. You know, there's now an Asian assemblyman representing Brooklyn, Lester Chang, who's a Republican, and the Republicans have an excellent chance of winning this newly drawn Asian city council district in Brooklyn. I'll tell you, if the Republicans are smart, they would pick one of these Asian candidates, either Lester Chang or the Republican that wins this Asian city council district, and consider running them for citywide office in 2025. Public advocate, controller, maybe even mayor. The key to the Republicans gaining electoral strength in New York City in the future might just be the Asian community. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight.
Well, there was an interesting article in Sunday's New York Daily News by our friend Larry McShane. Larry McShane has not only been a guest on this program, but he's been a guest on the Racket Report podcast as well. Headline, Disorder in the Court, the number of New York City trial transcribers is dwindling. And they didn't have exact numbers, but they quoted a lot of credible sources in this article, including the chief court reporter for the Brooklyn Federal Court System and a number of other folks, the spokesman for the New York State Unified Court System. Apparently, court reporting is something that is very much in demand right now. And there is a tremendous shortfall in the number of court reporters as compared to available positions. And I was very pleased to see this Daily News article highlight the city's only court reporting program at Plaza College in Queens. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, Plaza College is an advertiser to this show, and I know the folks over there at Plaza College, and they do a great job. But there are currently more than 60 openings in New York's Supreme Court, along with federal court positions. But according to Karen Santucci, who teaches court reporting at Plaza College, she sees the city's dwindling pool of fast typing court reporters as an opportunity for a chance for a new generation of transcribers to step up. I have to tell you, I completely agree with her. If you are looking for a new career or if you know a young person that's looking for a career or if you know someone that's looking to change careers, whatever the case may be, this is a very good paying job where you're right in the thick of the action. And I'm not sure why Plaza College seems to have a monopoly on teaching court reporting, but they're the only school in the city that's offering it now. So if you know somebody that's interested in this, I would seriously consider looking up the folks over at Plaza College and pursuing their court reporting program because there's a lot of jobs out there and there's a lot of openings. Beam me up! To be continued.